This year is surely going to be a school year like none other. Um, the 2020-21 school year is what I'm referring to because of the COVID-19 situation. Now, whether you are a mom who is trying to decide with your husband about sending your kids back to school or not, like allowing them to be exposed to whatever it is that is going to be the setup in your regular like local school, and we all know that that is not going to look anything like it normally does no matter what in most cases. Or you're just homeschooling and you need some type of support because maybe you don't have the confidence. Or you just want some basic feedback or organizational tips or things just to get your kids to cooperate a bit better. Because I know that is always an issue. Or maybe you're a university student who now has to learn virtually when they used to go to campus. Either way, this podcast is for you. I'm going to use my background in education for two decades to kind of help you get an inside look at some of the things you should be considering in this big time of the year when we're getting ready to decide what is best for our family. Let's take a listen of what we can do when sending our kids back to school during the COVID-19 scenario. Hello, assalamu alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at the Mindful Muslim Speaks podcast, where we are talking about all things for modern Muslim day women while still maintaining our identity with the Sunnah, the Quran, and Sunnah without compromise. And there's so many things we go through every day as parents, as wives, as um, you know, as sisters, as daughters, as in-laws, right, of others. And so we really sometimes just need some practical advice on everyday situations. And today is definitely one of those. So for many of you, um, you've been contacting me about like, what do I do? Like, what's your advice in terms of sending kids back? So I thought it'd be really, really helpful if I just made an entire podcast, because what I what I want women to understand is I'm going to be as accessible as possible. But when it's something like a, that I hear a lot of women asking me about, I'm definitely going to make a podcast that I'm hoping will benefit. And if you think this will benefit any of your girlfriends that are actually trying to make the same decision, please do share with them because obviously we want everybody to have the best information to make the best decisions. And those of you who know me, you know I'm a licensed educator of 20 years. So even though I've recently um, left teaching um, students, teaching teachers, um, and training principals, and traveling the country and working even with the Common Core and overseas in Dubai. And I used to do all that. I, I don't do that anymore, but I do have a lot of um, connections with the boards of education and even the unions and stuff. So I do have some information that I know is circulating and going on. So I definitely went here to help you today. Right before we dive in and we talk about the topic of today, which is we're going to go into those kind of like, like I said, people who are trying to decide whether to go back, people are just straight up homeschooling and want some help. And then the university students almost like as a bonus if you stay to the end I'm going to give you that because I do want to include them I just want to be really clear about what I'm able to do for everyone because everybody is contacting me so I want to be clear about um the fact that at the end of the day and this is maybe some advice for all of us as women it's really hard when you want to help a lot of people sometimes you feel like gosh yeah I, you know I just want to do as much as I can and help as many women as I can but after doing this for about like I said 20 years you learn that you have to strike a balance so you're going to notice that what I have and a lot of you know is I have um free 15 minute calls where you're allowed to just like you know ask a really quick question and I go over it really quick with you if it's something on the top of your head and you want like just some really quick feedback and I do that for women just because I need to carve out small moments in my day where I'm able to do that while I still can pay attention to my five children right and then I have a husband and then I have grandkids so you have all that right and then at the same time 
I do have these 45 minute consultations that I do give to women who are like, no, that's too short. I just really need a good chunk of your time. I want to run a lot of stuff by you that's really been going on in my life. And that's fine with me too. You just have to make sure you can actually get a spot in my calendar because they tend to fill up quickly, but they are there. Lastly, um, a lot of women do just like, let's say there's like 20 women who need me. And they all are asking about generally the same thing. It, it doesn't make any sense for me to go to them one by one by one. What makes sense for all of us is if we almost do it together. One, because we're all asking the same questions. I mean, and two, because how much better is it when we're just not alone and we're doing it together? And so when we have questions like homeschooling or a lot of women have been asking me about special needs, they have children. That's another one. I think I have to make a whole podcast about what to do if you have a special needs child and you're with COVID-19 and you have to deal with them at home. When you're used to having people support them in the school, like all these different you know, whatever it is, it could be like a para or an OT or whatever, whatever they have, these people that help your children who have IEPs. So I think I'm going to make a separate podcast about that. So just give me a little bit to put that together. But what I do want to say is um, what the reason I actually made the Thrive Muslim community is because what it allows me to do is to go on this forum that we have and regularly just in groups of women learn together. So I will be doing a lot of workshops there this month. If that's something you're interested in, you'll get a ton of them there. And then I also have free consultations there. So because people are members, I actually give them free 30-minute consultations. So that just comes along with it. So I did want to say that if that is something and you feel like you need more time, this podcast is great, but it's not enough. When you're done, you're like, I really wish I could just talk to you a bit more and just like ask you about my particular situation and my kids. And um, a big question a lot of women have is, how do I homeschool multiple children at home at the same time? I feel you. But definitely over the years, I've created hacks for that. So I'm all about like not working too hard, just like working smarter, not harder. That's a very famous like phrase. I would definitely, definitely say work smarter, not harder, because at the end of the day, there's no need to overlap and teach twice and things like that. So I have tons of stuff I could share with you. I just can't do it one-on-one all day. So definitely if you go in there, you're going to see the vault. It's going to have tons of resources. You'll have groups of women who are working on the same things in homeschooling, if that's a particular topic, or just parenting help in general with your children at every age, things like that, relationships, whatever, self-development. Some women are doing stuff with losing weight, whatever. So it's there. Um, By the way, in two days, we are going to have a last thing I'll just mention in terms of support and what I can offer you. Um, In two days, we're going to have a trainer or a coach come on a personal trainer and she's going to tell us how we can lose weight even if we have children and we're at home and how she did it matter of fact she lost 40 pounds uh, sister Hanan. so really excited to have her now that is exclusively for thrive muslim members but what i'm thinking to do is to open up for like the first 25 women that listen to this podcast that want to just pop on our workshop for free i totally am considering that so i'm going to put that in my Instagram story. So definitely keep an eye on my Instagram story for the next day or two because I will be like, swipe right now and you can get in. First 25 people and then you guys can just jump in as fast as you can and I'll let you in anyway just because I want women to understand kind of the work that we're doing, something like that. All right. So let's talk about exactly what we should be thinking about if we're considering sending our kids back to school. So the first thing I want to start with is I want to give you some behind the scenes information that is not necessarily on the news that I'm getting in private emails from the unions because like I said, I'm still attached to them. So um, for example, I'm in New York City and what's happening right now is you might hear breaking news in your local area that the school's going to open. Maybe your school is going to open 100% virtual and you don't have a choice. Maybe they're going to 
open half virtual, half in person. And, you know, they have some kids sometimes coming on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Another batch of children will be coming Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, they're trying to do the distancing of six feet. The problem in the New York City school system over here, and this might be with you if you're in a major city, is that there is no space. There was never any space to begin with, let alone to have six feet of space between every human being. It is honestly not only realistic, it's just it's just not even it's, it's just there's no way it can be done. Let's just say that. And so the problem that the schools are running up against is they know they can't do it and they can't do it safely, but they still have to open anyway. And they just they don't know what to do. So what I want us to think about as parents is as this information is coming down the pipeline, we have to understand that this is a time like none other. It's not like they had a plan in some type of a file that they whipped out and they were like, guys, let's go into this file and, you know, let's get into action they're making it up as they go. So the last thing I'll say, and I told you I have some background information is, um, because I'm very close to the union still, what's happening right now in New York City, and you, and if you live in New York City, you'll know about this. And again, this could be happening in your other major cities because it is usually a buzz with the teachers if you look in the forums. Um, they're telling teachers to go back to work but the teachers don't feel safe. So what happens is the unions, for example, in New York City right now, the UFT is fighting with the mayor and they do not want to send the teachers back. The teachers do not feel safe for themselves or their families should they bring anything home. They have children at home as well and they are refusing to return. Now, I think as parents, that is something to think about. The teachers don't feel safe because they've seen the behind the scenes plans and think they're not good enough for safety so for us as parents, that should make us think. So I'm not telling everybody don't go back to school. I know some of you, you have to send your kids physically back to school. I'm just saying really try to do your best to get as much information as you can. Ask a lot of questions because a lot of times they're not going to give you information because they don't have an amazing plan. You need to start asking questions like, what about this with my child? What about that? So I would say for the first time, if you've never been an active parent, now is the time for your children's um, safety and sake because it sounds like a lot of their plans are not the most solid. So I just wanted to throw that out there as seeing a lot of the conversation behind the scenes, right? So advice for parents who are thinking of sending their kids back. So we, we don't know what, which situation you're in. Maybe you've gotten the news from your school. Some schools have not even given the news yet. So the first advice I have to you is um, just really, really, like I said, be the active parent. Make sure you have, you're asking a lot of questions. You're talking to the boards. You're finding out who's in charge. You're finding out who's making decisions. For the first time in your life, be the most active you've ever been and the most proactive in terms of finding out what is available to your child because you do not want to just put your child in there and um, just like assume everything's taken care of because the school, they know what they're doing. It's not the case, guys. It's not because they're bad. It's because they don't have the capacity to hold the kids in that way, and they actually have never been through this. So they're figuring it out as they go. And when you figure things out as you go, you make mistakes, and the mistakes are going to be on our kids. So I just, I'm not trying to scare anyone. I'm just telling parents that tend to put too much trust, let's say, in the powers that be, that it is your own child. So make decisions based on what you feel comfortable, but definitely be proactive. Number two, the other thing I want to say for you is um, in terms of the, the proactive stuff is I want you to understand it's not, and this is actually, you know, number two, um, think about your child's perspective. So I had a, a sister call me up the other day and she lives in Canada 
And she said, I sent my child back to school and I was really reluctant. I didn't know what to do. I was going back and forth with my husband about it for so long. And we know our child just misses his friends and he wants to go back to class. And so we finally, finally agreed. She said, I drove up to the school and I, you know, had the teacher came out to greet my child. And I was absolutely shocked. Now, the reason the sister got to the school and she rolled up and she said she was shocked is she said the teacher of her child and her child just happens to be about three. This is like a pre-pre-pre-K type thing. She said they came out in an entire hazmat suit and they were covered head to toe. They had like the shield. They had gloves. They had the masks and whatever. And she said, my son, I watched his face in the seat and he was just scared to pieces. He didn't even realize that was his teacher. So I'm again not saying this to scare you. I'm saying is you really need to ask what is school, quote unquote, going to look like? Because she said my son was just like, mommy, mommy, I changed my mind. Let's go home. And he didn't want to go. And then he was crying. And then the, the other thing is um, when they get inside, they're not allowed to interact and play. Could you imagine that children in pre-K, kindergarten, first grade can't touch and play with each other? This is the period of their developmental life where that's all they do. And this is actually extremely healthy for them. So now being restricted and told that this is dangerous, this is very confusing for children. So that moves me into point number three, which is go with your gut. You are going to have to decide as a mother what is good for you. Whatever I say doesn't matter. Whatever some other sister is doing down the street, it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, you know what you feel. You know what you feel deep in your gut that you need to do for your family, and you do that. And you just make dua and you make it pray istikhara to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask for guidance. And that goes into point um, number four, which is do not, um, you know, feel like you're alone like I said you have so many women that are going through that same issue right now and we need to pull together and support one another back in the day homeschooling was done as a village if that's something you want to do even making decisions like this as a female we should be able to bounce ideas off of one another that's why I told you I have the entire Thrive Muslim community the women are already starting talking about that even just from yesterday and I'm putting up stuff every day so whatever it is just know you're not alone you're not the only one going through this and um, there is help out there if you want it now moving into the last bonus thing I will say as a tip is don't be afraid and don't be nervous. And let me tell you why, regardless of everything I'm telling you, I don't feel nervous and I don't feel afraid. Because first of all, we only feel Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we don't, we don't get worried about the unknown or the unseen because Allah Kareem, he is always in control, right? And so at the end of the day, whatever is happening is good for us, alhamdulillah. So we're just going to ask Allah for the wisdom and the good decision. And we're going to go with our gut. We're going to make a decision. And then every day as parents, we're just going to be super, super on top of whatever's going on. Now that moves me into the second category of women, which are the women who are thinking of homeschooling and just want some support. So let me just say for the women who decide, all right, so I'm going to keep them home. Now what do I do? Let me give you advice on that. So what I want to tell women is when you are going to keep your children at home, but still enrolled in the school, you have to figure out what are the rules in your particular school. I cannot give you the particulars of your area because legally they change from, like, for example, in the U.S. from state to state, or if you're in the U.K. or something like that, you know, for the different different schools and districts and zones and all those things that you guys are in, um, you have to understand that everybody sometimes has their rules. If you were never familiar before with your rights, now's the time. So what I would say is, for example, and I'll educate parents on this anyway, even if they're not going to full-blown homeschool at home, like just take them out of the school. If you're thinking of doing something where you're somehow 
um, figuring out, like find out your options of what is, what is there for you and definitely educate yourself on that because, um, there are so many things with the school that you still have a right to, even if you full-blown homeschool. For example, I homeschooled my daughter in high school, and that's when I first had started, and she actually turned me on to it. I have an entire podcast where I talk about that. I think it's called Why We Homeschool. And so at the end of the day, um, she had to take exams. She was allowed to take exams at the school. I didn't have to like give them to her. I could send her in at just the date if I wanted to, and that's it. If she wanted to borrow one of those like really expensive maths calculators to do like you know the highest types of you know maths that you might do in in the last um, years of high school, they were given to her and loaned out to her the same way they were to every other student. If I wanted to, even though I chose not to, I could have used the textbooks of the school. I could have used the gym. I could have used the laboratory. You have a right to so many things, even as a full-blown homeschooler, but a lot of people think they're all on their own and you're not. So it's really important to familiarize yourself right now with the rules of COVID and your rights as a parent and what you're allowed to have access to, whether or not you put your child in A scenario, B or C scenario, whatever that is find out your options. That's something you're going to have to do by asking questions. You can start Googling online. You can talk to support groups. You can call the school directly and the district directly. And um, I encourage you to, to call the homeschooling support section of your district, not the actual school, because oftentimes that secretary, and I had this problem the other day with this sister, they told her that completely wrong information. So definitely find out the department that deals with homeschooling and ask them questions because they do this all day. All right. So let's pretend you went to full-blown homeschool. What should you be doing right now? So this is what I'm starting to do with women, but I will suggest that every August before school starts, I always tell women, this is when I'm going to um, you know, plan what I'm doing for the year. I have this um, chart that I fill out. It's called Scope and Sequence. Um, and I, I basically take the curriculum for the whole year in math, English, science, and I decide what am I going to teach when and how that's going to work for me if I have one child, two children, whatever. And then I incorporate choice of the children. It's basically like a big brainstorming phase. So I have all the sheets there. I also have the standards all there for every grade. So for women, what I start to do with consultations with them, they'll call me up. They'll say I'll have a child who's in first grade, a child who's in third grade. And then um, we'll be like, okay, so what are your goals for that child? What's the, you know, when I look at each individual child with them, some child, um, sometimes a child is behind in reading. So we know that we might have to go back and review from the previous grade for that particular child, but the other one's fine. So we didn't need to hold them back. We could start at another um, stage and then we build the plan for them that way. So I do this with women all the time. Like I said, I'll link it below, but I just want to tell you, this is something, like I said, we also do together on Thrive Listen Up. So even if you don't do it with us or me, I want you to know that this is a really important time for you to assess where your child is. You should have done assessments at the end of the year anyway, or been given some type of assessment from the previous year, whether they were in the school or homeschooling with you, right? You should have something to know what they know and what they don't know. I find a lot of women don't do that even in homeschooling, which I find amazing. I don't know. Um, But at the end of the day, knowing where you're starting with them, like, okay, my child is weak in in, um, fractions. So I have to make sure that this year I just do a bit more support in that than usual. But he's definitely really good at division. So we're just going to keep that at this level. Things like that. 
So I'm planning for the year of what I'm going to do. And I, like I said, I, I'm not going to bore you into all of how I do that right now. If you're interested, DM me on Instagram, Mindful Muslima. I will give you links if you want to anything that I can or if you want to book a time with me. Like I said, I'll put that below. Thrive Muslima is below in the notes. But definitely, definitely, if you want more information on that stuff, I don't have time for that here. Definitely, this is the planning phase of the year. This is when you're purchasing curriculum. This is when you are planning field trips. Things get booked up really fast for the year. And so you definitely want to make sure that you have time in your schedule where you're going outside. My children do not stay inside all the time. Sometimes we're homeschooling in the car. Sometimes we're homeschooling in the park. We're homeschooling with other homeschoolers in an open space outside, even though it's COVID. Yes, because it's an open space. We can do that. Now, as the weather gets colder, it becomes a bit trickier. But again, as long as you plan ahead, it all goes smoothly. Last thing about that is ordering materials should happen now. With Amazon and all the schools and everybody homeschooling, people are going to start to order really quick. You're going to find stuff get backlogged and then you can't get it in Amazon in the time you need it for your lesson. So my advice is plan now. Make sure you order your materials now so you give yourself at least three weeks for them to come in the mail. And budget for yourself as well. I help women to budget all the time. I have help women to choose curriculum, whatever it is. But definitely, definitely, this is what you should be doing in this time of year. And I want you to know that if you, um, I have, like I said, also many um, lessons up in the different types of homeschooling that there is and things like that in the group in Thrive Muslim as well. So whatever you want, I'm making these resources nonstop with my team and we are here for you. Okay, lastly, with university students, and, you know, I think this is the same for if you're a homeschooling mom as well. So this is almost like double bonus. You have to have a schedule. You have to have a good schedule. Now, I might be releasing, I have it in Thrive Muslim, but I might be releasing it anyway uh, through the podcast or my Instagram. Um, I generally tend to use a block schedule. I, I, I see these things floating around the Instagram, Instagram and YouTube and stuff like that as if people made this themselves and this was their idea. Black schedule, block schedules have been around forever this is not anyone's idea that they coined i didn't coin the block schedule and neither did anybody else in the past probably 50 years so anyway at the end of the day block scheduling i think works when you have multiple kids because when you plan minute to minute it tends not to go the way you want um because kids are gonna stub their finger or want more cereal and take get into your time or wine and peel on the floor or not feel like doing math today and when you put yourself into like from 9 to 9 15 i'm gonna do this it doesn't really work so if you're a parent with kids with the schedule um i do suggest block scheduling that's what i do i have an entire downloadable pdf for that but if you um feel you need those minute to minutes by all means this is your choice do what works for you. Stop taking advice from everyone like they know better than you. You know your family better than anyone else. I'm just throwing out options. So lastly, going back to university students, um, same thing for you, right? I would say since you don't have kids to watch, um, the majority of you who are younger, I would say you could do the minute to minute. Matter of fact, I suggest it for you because it's really easy to get sucked into the social media vortex, especially now that you're home. You could probably like do college from like your bed in your jammies with like snacks and you could probably like scroll through things on YouTube while your teacher's talking on your laptop. So I really, really would like to say like create some really solid routines if that is something you're struggling with again i have pdfs and stuff like that in the thrive muslim i'm putting them up every day um we had an, a power outage so it definitely slowed me down but we've been putting them up every day so you'll see something new and if you have any questions dm me if you want to schedule a 15 minute dis, uh, free discovery session 
definitely met, uh, book one below in the link. But scheduling yourself is really important. If not, you're going to not realize the time's going to fly. You're going to procrastinate. You're going to definitely um, not be as motivated. And you need to reward yourself. I have an entire system with how I do this, especially if you were in my Ramadan recharge um, course. Shout out to all those women. We did a lot of that where we I gave an entire planner and how I planned. And I want to be like super rigorous and do things really, really in a strong way. And we did that in Ramadan in the course. And the women did amazing. And one of the things that we did was we rewarded ourselves. Yes, I don't care if you're a grown woman. You deserve a reward. And no, we're not giving you stickers and high fives. Maybe you just want to go buy yourself something or treat yourself to a nice Sunday or like go out and do this for yourself or like, you know, get yourself, you know, whatever, a pedicure, whatever makes you feel good and will motivate you. Give yourself a reward if you make a milestone. We deserve to feel good too in ways that are responsible and halal and it's totally possible. So last word to this in all the moms and all the, the university students and everybody out there, just I want to leave you with this note. You're going to hear a lot of advice. Do what works for you. Go with your gut. Don't be afraid. Allah Kareem. Everything is by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This entire situation could be different if you wanted. We need to understand. Who knows? Maybe Allah wanted us to come back to our family, to take our eyes off of everything that's distracting us and to bring us back to the most important little human beings on the face of this earth. Or if you're in the university and you don't have kids, maybe Allah wanted you to focus back on yourself because you were losing yourself and you were moving far away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because of the social situations that were going on in university. And he needed to bring you back to him because he missed you. So we don't know the immense wisdom and barakah in this situation. And I never, never second guess that. Alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. So once again, if you need any help and support, I'm here for you. All the links are below. Thank you guys for tuning in. You'll be in my du'as. I pray that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it easy for every single one of you to choose what is best for your family. And I will talk to you in the next podcast. Assalamu alaikum, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.